All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host. This is the place to learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. And I'm going through this journey along with you. I'm an incoming MBA student transitioning from a career in aerospace engineering, learning about investment banking, what is accounting, what is valuation, trying to get a handle on all of this stuff. And I'm so grateful that you're joining me here for the journey. Now, we've been talking about valuation. We are nearing the end of all the fundamental basic level questions. But one question that I want to cover today is related to precedent transactions. And actually, there's a couple of questions within this genre or within this subtopic of the exceptions and the flaws of precedent transaction analysis. Now, we know that precedent transactions is one of the three major valuation methodologies that bankers use in order to evaluate how much a company is worth. But there is a question, when would precedent transactions not produce a higher value than comparable companies? Because remember, precedent transactions typically does command a premium over a comparable company's analysis because you get that control, uh, control premium when you actually have a client that's buying a company outright as opposed to, say, just purchasing a minority interest or buying shares of stock. So there's this premium that usually comes along with actual precedent transactions that you don't get when you're looking at a comparable company's analysis. So that can often be the case, but when is it not the case? When is that value of the comparable companies actually higher than the value suggested by a precedent transactions analysis? Well, the answer is this. This kind of scenario could happen if there's a big mismatch between mergers and acquisition activity and public market activity. Because remember, comparable company analysis, we're looking primarily at, at least from what I've ascertained so far, publicly traded companies. So companies in the stock market, you can look at their data, you can look at their investor relations website and download all the SEC filings and come to a conclusion and build a model around it and say, okay, what's the activity in the public markets around this sector for deals that look like XYZ? Whereas precedent transactions analysis, you're looking at mergers and acquisitions activity. What's going on in the private markets? Are there financial sponsors, i.e. private equity firms that are buying and selling companies in this sector? And what kinds of multiples are they paying? And what kind of multiples are they selling for? and all the things that go into that. So the public markets can be different than the private M&A markets. And so for example, maybe there hasn't been a lot of publicly traded transactions in a while, and you're looking at this deal, and you're trying to find public company comparables, but you're not really seeing a whole lot of transactions that have happened, but there may have been a lot of private transactions in the M&A world, at relatively low valuations. So in this case, comparing the target company with comparable public companies could produce actually a higher value than recent precedent transactions. You see what I'm saying? So if there's a lot of things going on in the M&A world, but the valuations are low for whatever reason, maybe it's just the interest rate environment, maybe there's some other macro economic variables that are influencing those low valuations, but there's a lot of activity. So 
when you actually run your analysis, you're going to find those multiples are lower than if you look at some public company comparables that maybe you haven't seen as many deals in the public markets, but the valuation is higher. So that's a way that you could think about this in a scenario where present transactions would not produce a higher value than comparable companies. So the short answer is that there could be a mismatch between private mergers and acquisitions activity and public market activity, and that can create a gap or a distance between the valuations of these two methodologies respectively. And so that brings us to the second question, which is what are some flaws with precedent transactions analysis? What are some flaws with this methodology? Well, we know we have the premium related to control. We know that with precedent transactions, we're looking at deals that have actually happened in the market. But what are some things that could go wrong with this? Well, first of all, we know that no two deals are 100% alike. You could be looking at a target company and a target deal and feel like you have a pretty good amount of similarity in the attributes and financial profile of, of the current deal with a precedent transaction that you're using as the basis for your valuation. But nothing's 100% comparable. There is no exact match. So just recognize the reality of that. The size of the deal may be different. The structure of the deal may be different. And the overall sentiment of the market at the time might be different. So for example, you could have changes in interest rates. And those are some things that will influence the current situation, whereas the historical data is always going to be backwards looking. So things are changing, and it's never going to be 100% comparable. The second reason why precedent transactions might have some flaws in it is that the data for private company transactions is usually a lot harder to find than public company comparable data. Because with a publicly traded company, you and I can go to sec.gov right now. We can look up the filings for any publicly traded company and just have a wealth of information. Whereas with private companies, they don't have to report that data. And so it's just harder to find sources of data. Naturally, if you're comparing two data sets, if you have more data points with one set and less data points with another, it's going to be harder to make logical conclusions and assumptions that are accurate with that data pool with less data points in it, right? So that's another flaw of present transactions is it's just harder to get that data. So those are the things that I wanted to share today regarding present transactions. There are some exceptions with relating with relation to the valuation in terms of the price uh, versus comparable companies. And remember, that has to do with the level of activity uh, in private M&A transactions versus comparable company transactions. And then also, there are some flaws with president, president tra- <laughs> I almost said presidential, presidential transactions. <laughs> no, precedent transactions. Past transactions are never 100% comparable to the current deal. And also, finding that private company data is usually more difficult than finding public company data. That's the long and short of it. So thank you for listening to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason, your host. And on the next episode, we're going to be talking about acquisitions and why would a company pay more of a multiple for one company than another? All right, we'll see you next time.